You're listening to The Parking Podcast. Views and opinions are my own. Welcome back to another episode of The Parking Podcast. With us today is Mike Tudor, Assistant Director, soon to be Director of the Parking Authority River City. How are you doing today, Mike? Now, I am doing awesome. And, uh, you know, we've spoken not too long ago, but uh, it's great speaking back with you again, Isaiah. Yeah, I think I, we recorded one a few months ago about, or a few weeks ago about the uh, MSTPA Parking Association of Georgia merger. And I I believe, believe it or not, the way it'll play out is that they will actually be back to back. So hopefully, uh, I don't think listeners can can get sick of you because you're such a great speaker, Mike, but you will be back to back. And in fact, you uh, were on the podcast last year about MSTPA because you're also the president there. But uh, so you are our first three-time guest. So uh, you've entered the Parking Podcast Hall of Fame. Well done. But I'm so happy to have you on the on the podcast. So uh, we'll go back to the beginning. And I know it was a lot, but tell us how you got into parking, Mike. I know. Well, first I want to say, you know, as a three-time guest, is there like some sort of plaque? Yeah, it's in the mail. <laughs> it's in the mail. Uh, it's in the mail. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'll be waiting for that. You know how the mail service has been over the yeah, past couple of years. Spotty. It may never show up, but uh, we did send it. So <laughs> I know. Okay. I, I'm waiting. I'll, I'll put it right up there with my other plaques. Hey, you know, going back to getting into parking, I feel like it's just like everyone else's story. Like I fell into parking. Like it wasn't something I planned to do. You know, I, I went to college. I was getting my four-year degree. I was going to get out and uh, go into my field of study, which um, at the time was ministry, uh, working with youth. And um, during college, you know, I had to have a part-time job to be able to pay for my studies and everything. And uh, some of the guys that I went to school with, they had this great job of parking cars. And I was like, dude, I I want to do that. I mean, they're they're parking these nice, you know. Corvettes and every once in a while they may get a Ferrari or something. And I was like, that's the job I want for part time. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. so it's I a great college worked. job. It is a great college. Yeah. yeah. You get tips and everything. Yeah. And I mean, flexible hours. Yeah. Yeah. Flexible hours. It's, it's great. So that's how I got into parking. And, you know, I, I did valet work at a five star restaurant in Cincinnati. And it was at the time the longest running five star restaurant in the States. And, uh, I did that for several years. And when I graduated, um, I needed a job and I was like, okay, well, you know, let's try it and see what happens. And, um, the rest is history. I've been in parking ever since. Wow. And, uh, there's several of us, well, actually a lot of us, same thing graduated. And even though we didn't study parking, we spent our entire career. Cause you really didn't have a career before parking so a lot of people you know switch careers or 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 something similar but a lot of us it's funny you, you study four years for something and then start in parking <laughs> so, but but it's funny how almost every degree can tie into parking even ministry you know and dealing with young people now you're managing a young team and customers and skateboarders in the, in the garages so it's, it, it really we, is we, I mean, we all, right. yeah I mean, everything can, you have in business I mean, it, it all falls into parking. You can, it's customer service, it's relationship building, it's uh, listening to people. I mean, all the things uh, can work out in the parking industry. Yeah. And so we're so glad that you made that jump into the parking industry. But even more importantly, I believe you met your wife, Kathy, 
in the parking industry or through a parking transaction, something. I, I can't remember the story, but I remember it's pretty sweet. Is that is that the case? That is true. I don't know that I would call it a parking transaction because that sounds like somehow she was traded for <laughs> no. some parking fees. Yeah, it wasn't like she was also a parking cashier. I think she was a customer. So I, don't, I can't remember. I remember something sweet where you left something in her car or valet. I can't remember the story, but what, what, what was it? Yeah. So I, again, during college, not only did I do valet, but I ran a surface lot, which was great. I mean, you can't get a better college gig than parking yeah. because you can sit in a booth and study and um, then do your job when you need to. Well, she parked on the surface lot every day when she went to work. And I mean, she was attractive, you know, and I was like, you, you know, I, I was attracted to her. And, and so I would take care of her vehicle for her and and pull it up close to the booth at the end of the night and make sure that it you know, the windows were cracked and everything was cooled down for her. And, and, you know, one thing led to another and she began spending extra time at the lot talking to me. And uh, that led to our first date. And that led to us, you know, getting married. And here we are, we just celebrated this past year, 25 years of being married. Wow. Congratulations. And she's wonderful if you ever get the chance, because I know she's gone to a few IPMIs or trade shows, state and regionals. Uh, but hello, Kathy. I hope you listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Great story. Yeah, I told you I wanted to do a, a love in the time of parking uh, article. And just because there's a lot of, we've had Carmen and Nathan Donnell on the podcast. They met in parking. I know Ken Smith uh, met his wife in parking. So there's a lot of great uh, parking and love stories. But uh, all right, let's jump into what I mentioned at the beginning. So you've been a great number two your whole career. I know I've been like that too. I like being behind the scenes, making someone else look good, doing the kind of more dirty work than being the one that gets out and does the press conferences. But uh worked under some great leaders, Kathy Duncan, Tiffany. And now congratulations, you are taking over as number one as Tiffany Smith will be retiring in a week. Um, yeah, so let's talk about that. Talk about what you learned from uh from or what do you expect going from behind the scenes to be in the face of park to talk about this uh, transition? Yeah. Um, it's a lot to be honest with you. I, you're right. I have always been kind of that number two and that's kind of my sweet spot. Like we all have our sweet spot, uh, where we like to be at and naturally I'm an introvert. And so being behind the scenes, making things happen, um, you know, getting the team, where they need to be at on things and moving in the direction we want to go as an organization. Those are, those are my things to do. And so moving up into a leadership position, you know, as director, uh, that kind of changes some, I've got to be out front more. I've got to be the face of park. Um, I've got to be more of an extrovert in some of the activities that I do, but you know, I've watched throughout the years, you know, I've had 20 plus years of parking experience where I've watched these uh, leaders and how they do it whether they've been, you know, these great dynamic leaders or ones that haven't been so dynamic, I've been able to watch them all. And they each have their own way of dealing with the public, dealing with um, citizen complaints, working with staff, working um, through different programs and policies and procedures. And throughout all of that, I think I've been able to um, pull in different aspects that are going to help me be um, who I am. And I'm going to be a different type of leader, right? I'm not a uh, Tiffany. I'm not a 
Kathy, I'm not, you know, those, these other leaders that I've uh, worked beneath um, in the past. And so my, my role will be different, um, but hopefully it'll be good because I've been able to pull those great things that they've been able to uh, teach me over the years. Yeah. And I've seen it too, where um, it, um, kudos to Tiffany, because I think, you know, this has been probably planned for a while where she knew her, she was wanting to retire soon. So it seemed like she started uh, turning over some of the reins to you. So, you know, I remember RFPs and uh, different meet operations meetings. It, it just seemed more and more you were, uh, you were taking over and spreading your wings. And I'll first say, yeah, you, you're going to do a great job, just as good as you were number two. I'm sure you'll be uh, good as at being the, uh, being the number one. One thing is I learned because I was a strong number two and then I got asked to lead organizations is don't forget you need a strong number two. So it's, 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 uh, that's the hardest part is finding your replacement and then trying not to be doing two jobs, uh, having someone else ain't getting the wings where you can be at a higher area looking down, but, um, no, congrats and, and, and look forward to you, uh, uh, leading that, leading the organization. I know you'll do a great job. No, I appreciate that. And, you know, one thing to say about this, we have at Park, we've always looked at succession planning. And so we do have people in place to be able to move up and take the reins of those different positions. And, you know, through my experiences, um, kind of being that number two, I, I have a, a webinar I will be doing through IPMI here in the fall. And it talks about um, being that number two. You know, how can you lead from uh, the second chair? And we'll just be talking about how people can be leaderships, you know, a leader in any position within their company. Oh, I love that. When, when will that be airing? Because we could put a plug in the, in the show notes. Yeah. So um, if you go out online onto the IPMI site now, you'll be able to see what we'll be talking about. And the title of it is how to be successful and lead from the second chair. And I don't remember the exact date, but I know it's out there right now for people to go ahead and uh, take a look at and sign up for it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause it's a lot of times the number two are, are leading it, you know, and there's the face of the organization or the company or the university, but then there's that number two behind that's actually keeping the operation uh, running. So that's, that's well done. And I love what you said. And I think that's instrumental for young listeners out there is what you said. I'm, I'm going to manage in my style. I'm not going to, uh, you know, try to imitate previous leaders or, change who I am, but be who you are, um, which is authentic and um, leading by example. And I think others, pe- people know that, you know, we can spot the fakes and <laughs> we, we look for authenticity and that's how I respond to authentic leaders and leaders that care. I know you'll do that. I remember the story, I'm a Michigan fan and they had this coach, Jim Harbaugh, and he was telling a story early on in his career where he watched, there was a hard knocks, which is like a show that talks about behind the scenes of an NFL team. And so the next day at practice, he started yelling and was kind of putting on a show and his quarterback, Andrew Luck at the time at Stanford said, you know, Hey coach, we watched the episode last night too. This isn't who you are or something. And, <laughs> and he was just so, you know, he, he knew, he knew Andrew, Andrew Luck was right. And uh, I don't know. I just be who you are and, and lead, lead, lead through your style. So. No, that's a great point, Isaiah, because many times people think that they have to lead the way that the previous uh, person did. And um, 
you're right. It, it shows through immediately uh, if you're not being true to yourself. Yeah, I watch these shows like Succession. You know, they have these very aggressive leaders, and I'm really laid back, easygoing, and so it's. I think you some of the best leaders, great leaders, can be introverts, laid back, easy. You know, but it's just got to be authentic. That's so key. We're gonna take a quick break to hear from uh, one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Parker Technology, the customer experience solution of choice in the parking industry. Parker's solution puts a virtual ambassador in every lane to help parking guests pay and get on their way in under a minute. Parker helps capture revenue, provides better customer service, enables your staff to focus on other on-site tasks, and keeps traffic moving, all according to your business rules. With the Parker solution, you'll also enjoy access to real-time call data and recordings. Learn more at helpmeparker.com slash parkingpodcasts. Yeah, so we had Tiffany Smith on the podcast a few years back. So we've talked about Park, the Derby, Thunder over Louisville, all that great stuff. Um, but there's been some new initiatives. I'm not sure where we're at with the implementation prog- progress on this one, but this is one of my favorite ones I'll be watching is Parks Exploring kind of going multi-app. So is that still the case? And how is that looking? And and uh, I don't know, just give us this background and what we've learned so far from exploring the multi-app for Louisville. Yeah, it's been an exciting and actually long journey for us to get to using multi-apps. We launched in uh, June of this year, uh, right around June 1st, the multi-apps process here in Louisville, but it probably took us a good 12 months to get there. And a lot of that had to do with us working with the different uh, vendors to be able to get them set up so that we had all the zones uh, correctly laid out so that each vendor could use the same zone number to make sure that we're doing pay by plate, to make sure that the city was laid out in the manner that we wanted it to, to be able to decide how we were going to launch this, what the signage looked like. And so you can imagine the back and forth process of uh, how this must take place behind the scenes before you can even start your first day. And so as we started in June um, 1st, we went out there and of course, we first started putting on our stickers on our single space meters. And immediately that first day, people were picking up and using these other apps. And it was just amazing to see because we did no promotion wow. of it, right? The only promotion is that sticker. And right away, we, we find the first day that we've got uh, well over 100 users of these new apps. And it probably um, was exactly what you wanted, where I doubt a hundred people downloaded a new app. They probably, these are, had an app from their, another city or where they were at in college or for whatever reason. And then the, they saw the sticker and were like, oh, cool. I, I can use this now, um, which is what you want. You're taking less coin, less credit card, pushing to the app. That's what I found too. It's yeah, some people will download the new one, but most of the time it's they already have one. And now that you're offering it, they're going to use it. Yeah. And that's what we found is brand recognition, right? So we put out uh, the logos of these different brands that we were using for um, pay-by-sell options or mobile payment options. And uh, immediately people were picking up on it. And we've just seen that grow since we've done it, since we started in June. We were running right around 
trying to think what we were running right around 25%, 26%, something like that. And we, we saw it jump by about seven or 8% in app usage in one month. Wow. And yeah, so yeah. we just expect that to keep growing. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised here in a few months if we're running somewhere in the 40 percentile for uh, mobile payment usage uh, at our on-street spaces. So how many, um, how many apps do you have now? So we have a total of four uh, apps that we're using. One of those is a white labeled app uh, for part, Louisville, which is Go502. Go. Okay. So that, and that, was that all you had before now you're, or did people know you can use the native app for that white label app prior to this? Um, if they knew it, they only knew it because um, we didn't have the white label app when we first launched mobile payments. But other than that, we promoted Go502. Okay. And so that was really our driving app for mobile payments. And outside of that, then when we put up the logos of all the other uh, mobile providers, I think that's when people started, you know, again, back to brand recognition, they just started picking up and using those. One other thing that we added to our multi-payment system on street was the option for text to pay. And um, so we're Louisville, if people don't know, we are driven by a lot of tourism and we've got the uh, the bourbon, um, you the know, bourbon trail. Uh, the bourbon trail, yeah, the, the distilleries and uh, places that you can go to around here. And so we get a lot of people coming in from out of town. And I remember one example just really hit home with me. We had a family that called us from Indianapolis right after we launched this. And they're like, hey, we're coming in town. We're going to the H&B Bat Museum. It's a slugger museum. And we've got a trailer on the back of our vehicle. And we want to park it on street, but we don't know if we can do that. And so we're like, yeah, sure, you can. You can park on street, take up two spaces, make sure you pay for both spaces. And like, well, how can we pay for both spaces? And when we mentioned the different apps we had, they're like, oh, we've got that one. And uh, so we can just use them. We're like, yeah, you just whenever you come in, just use what you're used to already doing back home. And that was exactly, exactly. what we wanted. That's what I mean. I was like, yeah, it's not like someone who never used mobile app sees there's three more offerings. That's not going to motivate them. You know, they never used it before. Now you're adding more. But what happens is people that have it and don't want to fool the new one are going to start using it, that brand recognition. Exactly. That's a great story. What about, are you guys just kind of pulling three or four different revenue reports every day and balancing, or do they kind of, are you using some kind of software to kind of combine them all into one revenue report? Yeah, that's a good question too. And that's one of the things we talked about before launching this, you know, how do we want to reconcile all this? revenue coming in from different sources. And for now, um, we're taking this opportunity to um, look at each um, back office software so we understand uh, how it operates, you know, how the revenue is coming in, how it's flowing. I, eventually, down the road, there are services out there, right? There's providers that can pull this all into one place for us. And uh, we will probably move to that. But we felt for us, that it was important that we understand the back office for each one of them first and then move to that so that if there are any issues, we kind of already know uh, what we're getting into. Oh, no, that's great. Yeah, learn it inside and out. I know some people have, that implement paid parking, they, they say they intentionally, they want to outsource, but they intentionally are going to go through the painstaking work of doing it themselves 
because they want to know it inside and out so they can better audit and manage their vendor. Um, so it seems like a similar approach there. I like that. But same thing, what about integrations? Do they, does it kind of all go through your enforcement provider or do they go to like, does your officers, enforcement officers go to like five different links and seems kind of hard to manage it all or how, how does that work? No, that's a good question too. And that was another thing that took us time over the past you know year to get into place. We had to make sure that um, you know you don't want your officers out there um, wasting time or possibly even missing someone who paid through another app and giving them a citation and error. And so we had to work with our provider to make sure all that information came into one place and the officer could pull it up easily and see who paid and who did not pay, whether it was through uh, one of our uh, mobile app providers or through the meter or you know hang tags that we use. We wanted to make sure all that information was easily accessible. Nice. Well done. And, you know, anytime there's something new and exciting, new technology, there's always, there's always some um, things that could go wrong. So have you had any, you know, did you ticket a hundred cars in the first week on accident because something wasn't working or has it been pretty smooth so far? Uh, I'm going to say for the most part, it's been pretty smooth. I can think of a few examples where we've issued citations um, where someone has paid by a, a mobile app. And what we found is that it was typically a user error. And so, you know, someone put it in their license plate wrong. Uh, or someone may yeah. have the zone numbers we have here may not be just for Louisville. Some of these uh, mobile app providers, they may have these zone numbers in other parts of the country. And so whenever you pull up, they paid uh, for app, Albuquerque on accident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They may be paying, they may be paying someone totally somewhere totally different than Louisville. Mm -hmm. And of course, we don't see it on our enforcement software. So we issue a citation. Now we do strive for customer service. And so, you know, we'll, we'll reduce that citation to a warning or avoid it, uh, depending on how we feel things took place. Oh, very nice. And did you, there's not a lot of cities, especially with your size. We know Atlanta does to an extent they do mobile app, but were there any cities that you uh, talked to that have done something similar to, or did you guys just kind of navigate this new world on your own trial and error? Not that's, you know, we, we really, we navigated a lot of it on our own. We did reach out. We were trying to find other cities who have been through this process and had multiple apps that they were using, but we didn't find anyone that was really doing it like, like we wanted to. And so a lot of it was just uh, trial and error, talking to all the providers, uh, seeing what we could do, what we couldn't do, and uh, coming to what worked for uh, Park here in Louisville. No, that's great. And I think you have to, Mike, you have to do an IPMI uh, conference presentation or webinar about your journey through multi-app, especially as you start learning and getting more data. I love that you added a, a way to pay without having an app. I think every city has to do that, especially in tourist areas. Um, you know, a way to text or scan or, or tap and pay without having to go through download or nap. Uh, just another convenient way. So yeah, well yeah. done, man. Uh, great job. And I think this will be a great case study for many, many cities because I've said this analogy, you guys are tired of hearing this, but to me, it's always been like going to a restaurant and I tried to pay my tab with my Visa credit card. And they say, oh, I'm sorry, we only take Discover. I'm like, what? <laughs> we, we only take Discover. I'd be like, why? I, I have a Visa. This person already uses MasterCard. I got to go apply and 
get a Discover just to pay here. And that's what cities have done for so many years. So I'm glad to see the mobile companies uh, participate and they seem to be more eager and because they, they know that there's kind of room for everybody. If they have to give some up, but then they can get into new markets. And I love some of the vendors out there that are working on becoming the Amazon of these and aggregating them all to make our, our cities' uh, lives easier. So, Mike, you, uh, you mind if I put your contact information in the show notes? Because I'm sure you, you have a lot of cities wanting to talk to you because that's great stuff, man. Yeah, no, I'd love to talk to people about our process. And you're right, you know, we've only got a couple months into uh, the process of this and the data that we're gathering. But, you know, I hope by this time next year, we'll have a year's worth that, you know, we could really um, share some good information and help other cities through this process. Oh, that's great stuff. That's another reason why uh, that collaboration and, and uh, kindness is one reason why uh, Park recently won a 2022 Best Places to Work by Business First. Um, I had some previous bosses and mentors now working for Park. They say, hello, Steve Bartley, Ricardo Saran. They, they all talk about being such a great place to work. So what makes Park a best place to work? Yeah, we're so excited to uh, receive this award, you know, especially as Tiffany is getting ready, you know, as she's retiring, uh, what a crescendo, right, to end on, to end um, leaving knowing that you left the place as one of the best places to work. Yeah. And, uh, and she did that. I mean, kudos to her. Uh, kudos to all of our team. And that's, you know, what makes Park one of the great places to work is that we are a team. You know, each person here has a job, a role, a function that they do. And without each one of them doing their task, we wouldn't be able to get things done. We wouldn't be able to be successful in serving the citizens of Louisville the way we need to. The flip side of that is um, we're not only a team, but we're also a family. And so, you know, when someone's hurting, when someone's struggling, when someone's having a great day, you know, when they have celebrations, we're there with them and, you know, we're celebrating along with them or we're struggling along with them, trying to help them through whatever life is, is bringing at them. And so we've kind of coined this phrase for a park. We call it a teamily, right? So we put team and family together and we came up with teamily and that's, that's how uh, we see I love park, that. That's great. Right. And so that, that's really in a nutshell why, you know, we're one of the best places to work is because of that teamily atmosphere. Yeah. And I've seen it firsthand where for those that don't know, Park will outsource some of their uh, parking operations to operator. And I was the manager and worked, worked uh, for Mike as, as his operator. And we had an office manager whose son was battling cancer. And um, I know Park led kind of a fundraiser and raised a lot of money. I remember doing car washes and different things and barbecues. And uh, I remember we had a Rick Patino's Rick Patino was the basketball coach for Louisville Cardinals. He had signed a basketball. We raffled off that for this uh, office manager. So it's it's uh, things like that uh, what make Park so special and a great place to work. And then other things I know just you know what you've been always been great on um, kind of professional development for for your team and. I remember you guys used to do like book clubs. I want you to read this book. We're going to talk about it or bring it in. I know you brought in Chick-fil-A wants to speak to your team and different things, uh, activities and training. And um, I know you got caps, CPP says, uh, I know that's very important to park. And again, just uh, another reason why uh, parks, uh, you guys APO certified as well, didn't you? 
Yeah. 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 With, so you know, with distinction. So <laughs> with distinction, so just a great, great place. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, we still do some of those things. COVID obviously, like a lot of us, it, it threw a kind of a wrench in there on being able to do some of these things in person. And so we had to figure out how do we do this over zoom or, um, you know, through webinar type, uh, activities, but we still try to do those things and we support people in being able to go after what they want. For instance, we have a, a gentleman who is a meter technician and he helps us with our collections of our meters and maintaining our meters on street. And he has always dreamed of working uh, with, with HVAC systems. And his name's Bill. And we're like, Bill, you, you need to do that. And so we kept encouraging him. And uh, he just graduated this past year with his license for HVAC work. Now, that may mean that in the future here, we may lose a great employee, but if he's going on to do something that he just loves to do and it's, it's his wheelhouse, then we're all about it. And we want to encourage him in doing that. And he's not the only one that we've done that with. I mean, we want people to be able to grow and learn in the things that they love to do. Yeah, I, I've, I've tried to do this, the same thing in, in operations that I manage where because people see that, yeah, you may use a, lose a good employee, but you know what? Other people are going to be motivated by that. Like, wow, they actually do care about me more than just collecting meters or more than just cleaning these garages. And maybe they tell a friend or a family member, next thing you know, you're just adding to the team only because you're taking care of your people. I've always said I, I've had really good assistant managers that I've helped land new jobs and I hate it because my life sucks now. I just lost my number two. but you know, their, their, their life is, they have a better quality of life. They got a new career and uh, someone's going to step into that role, seeing, knowing that we're going to take care of them and we build that trust and loyalty. So that's great stuff, man. And how can listeners learn more or follow along with Park? Yeah. So we do have a, a small face group uh, following and you can just go look up uh, the Parking Authority of River City and you can follow us there on Facebook. You can go to our website. Probably the best way to find us on our website is either go to louisvilleky.gov and then search the agencies there for PARC, P-A-R-C, or you can just type in your web browser, PARC, P-A-R-C, and we'll come up as uh, one of your top couple of uh, URLs that yeah. will take you to our website. Yeah. I, I usually tell people that, you know, like just Google it and find it, you know, <laughs> that's, the best, yeah. that's the better way to do it nowadays. And Mike, when you're not parking cars in Louisville, what do you like to do for fun? Yeah. Um, so Isaiah, I'll tell you, Monday of this week, I just came back from whitewater rafting in West Virginia, and it was a blast. My son and I- we First went, time? Yeah, first time. Yeah. First time. <laughs> it is so fun. Yeah. It is. And we went, uh, they were class one through class five rapids on the new river in West Virginia. And it was such a fun time. Didn't fall out of the boat or anything, which is uh. great. Um, but outside of that, uh, that's I beautiful enjoy... country too. They, I know it's now the new river gorge national park. I visited there recently. So I know exactly what you're talking about. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't been there, I, I highly encourage you. I came back, told my wife, Kathy, I was like, Hey, we are going back. Even if it's just to hike the trails or see the scenery, I have never been there before, but it is a beautiful area to go to. I'm going to play the West Virginia Take Me Home song to close out this episode. <laughs> that, that'd be good. Yeah. A few other things. I mean, Isaiah, you know, I like to, uh, I like to run uh, trail, trail running and uh, I also have a mountain bike. So I like to ride trails. 
And so really anything outside that I can get to when the weather's good, uh, I enjoy doing that. And then of course, my wife and I both for probably 20 plus years, we've worked with the youth at our church. And so um, we love working with young kids and uh, just leading them and teaching them and, and training them so that they can grow up to be uh, you know, better adults uh, out in this world. Yes. And that meant a lot. And, and Louisville and you and Kathy invited us uh, to your church and to go out to eat afterwards. And we'll, we'll never forget that. So, uh, man, so Mike, yeah, I, I always like to ask that question to let people know kind of a little bit more about the person behind the, the parking. And uh, but thanks for the um, example you, you've been in, in my life and my career and the mentorship you provided. I am so happy to see you now the faiths of park and i know you're going to knock it out of the park so thank you so much for joining the podcast and best of luck with the new role all right thank you isaiah it's an honor to be on your show three times uh, (laughs) three pete i know and an honor to be able to uh, move up into uh, this new role awesome thanks mike have a great one you too this episode is brought to you by tez technology Since 1993, Tez has developed innovative text-based mobile solutions designed to streamline operations, increase efficiency, and improve overall customer experiences. My favorite is the ability to pay for parking without having to download an app. Tez Solutions includes SMS valet, text-to-park, permit-to-park, and much more. I think every organization or city or university should be adding Tez to their payment options arsenal. Learn more about Tez at tezhq.com.